0: Uh, so I do hope to show it, um, but if not, I'll say what Nicky Gumbel says. Um, I was going to preach on uh, violence this morning, and uh, I sort of as events started to unfold, I realised that it wasn't going to be the right time to talk on that. Uh, but violence in the Old Testament is an important subject, so if you do want to talk to me, <laughs> another time would be good. Um, but I felt it was right not to do that, and I felt that it was right to um, talk briefly on a few things, uh, mainly, oh yeah, I need to log in. There we go. Um, and to uh, share a few words, share a f- few thoughts, but also uh, for you as a congregation to share a few um thoughts as well. Maybe you have a testimony about um, trusting God in difficult times. So I have a, uh, my little title this morning is um, from Mark uh, and a little story where Jesus, Mark 9, uh, and a father uh, comes up to Jesus asking him to heal his son. Uh, And he says, if you will heal him. And Jesus replies to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. So my title was, uh, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And uh, I thought that was an important title really, because in the events of this week, um, for us Uh, As For Naomi and Nick, who've known Ed for 20 plus years as a friend and then as a colleague working together. And for me, for the last four years, working with Ed as a colleague and as a friend. Um, I believe in the Lord and his good plans for us. But it's very difficult when uh, we lose someone so young, uh, who leaves behind three children. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, uh, yeah. And so I thought that I, the words of that father to Jesus, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief, is a prayer for us all at this time. Um, If we're going to have to transfer it over, I think I will say what Nicky Gumbel says, which I was going to start with. And on the Alpha course, uh, there's some wonderful stories uh, of people uh, trusting in God and the faithfulness uh, to God and meeting with God in different times and different places. Uh, But in the prayer, how do I pray? Nicky Gumbel talks to uh, us about uh, prayer and about sometimes when we pray, uh, we have um, prayers answered. He says it's a bit like a traffic light, so we get a green light, things go, things happen. Sometimes when we pray, we get an orange light, things don't happen, things don't change straight away. And sometimes we get a red light, uh, and th- it's a no from God, or things don't happen, things don't change. And uh, Nicky Gamble then says... Um, There's a story for me about that and he shares how, uh, I think it's probably a long time ago, maybe 20 years ago, how um, he's playing squash with his very good friend of his uh, in the church Uh, and uh, he says he's playing squash and he literally plays a shot and falls down dead from a heart attack and Nicky Gumbel shares how he cried out to God, please Lord, please. But unfortunately, uh, he died, leaving behind six children, and um, a wife and six children. And he says that night he went for he just couldn't sleep, and he couldn't couldn't understand why the question of why why did God allow that to happen? And as he says, he goes for a walk at five a.m. and he says. I don't understand why, God, but I'm not going to stop trusting. I'm not going to stop praying as well. And uh, it's a really good example of someone who has been there and struggled with that, uh, that question of why. Why did you allow this to happen, God? But had to come to the conclusion that I, he still had to trust in God and still had to keep praying. Thank you, Jonah. Is it working? (laughs) It was. So, that was what I was going to start with. And I'm just going to briefly read to you from two things. From the Bible, uh, from that chapter that we uh, just briefly mentioned. And then secondly, um, asking God why. Some of my uh, answer that I... Uh, wrote about the problem of suffering and pain uh, in our apologetic series back in um, the autumn. And I'm also going to read from um, Malcolm Duncan's book, Unbelievable. And Malcolm um, uh, addresses the problem of um, really believing things in this world and the belief in God, belief in Jesus uh, but also in the sceptical world that we live in, how do we answer those questions? How do we cope with those things? Um, and I'm just going to read uh, a story from him uh, and a few words around that. So let's read from Mark 9:24. If you do want a Bible, please grab one. If not, just grab one from your phone or whatever it might be. And it's Mark 9, Starting at 24, no, starting at uh, 20. And they brought the boy to him. And when the Spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood, and it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And we're all faced with this unbelief situation and what I've just been talking about. But why? Um, Why is God allowing this to happen? I'm struggling to believe this is good. This is good. Uh, And it doesn't make sense on so many levels. But I think it's important it's okay to feel like that. It's important for me as a pastor to feel like that. It's important for me um, as a friend, as a Christian, to be like that. It's okay that I have doubt. It's okay that I have unbelief. But as our parent says, help me with my unbelief. I'm just going to read from Malcolm Duncan uh, now in his book. The small chapel of rest was still and quiet. My father's remains lay before me peaceful and lifeless. It was too early for the traffic on the Belfast Street outside to be ramping up. So there was little noise to distract me. My dad was dressed in his best grey suit, with his hair brushed and his hands folded across his chest. He was gone, and I was devastated. In a few hours, I would stand before the gathered mourners and conduct his funeral. The hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. I'd wear two hats. The more important to me was that I was a son, his son. For the purposes of the funeral and the mourners, I was also the pastor, the man of the cloth, conducting the service and guiding the congregation through the words of farewell and committal. I'd come to spend a few moments in quiet and to strengthen myself and to say goodbye to him. I was confused, heartbroken and bereft, but I knew I needed to do this. I loved him. Why had God let this happen? No chance to say goodbye No chance to hold his hand. No opportunity to thank him. One last time for providing for me. No assurance that he had discovered God's love for him and made peace with his creator. No assurance that I would see him again. The one single prayer I consistently prayed lay in ashes before me, colorless and lifeless. I had asked God every single day for 16 years to bring my father to a personal place of repentance and faith in Jesus. I had dreamt about serving him communion. I was convinced it would happen. Yet here I was about to conduct his funeral and I had no idea whether God had answered that prayer or not. Nothing to hold on to. Nothing to assure me of my dad's destiny. Just a dead body and a commitment to do him proud. So I wept over his body and I held on to the side of his coffin and I sobbed. Alone with no one watching but God. I let my heart break. My tears fell on his corpse. My hands shook, my head ached and the questions began to erupt from my heart. Like a round of artillery fire at God. Why did you let him die? Why did you do this? Why didn't you answer me? Why didn't you do something to help? What are you going to do now? What What do you want from me? Where are you? Don't you care? The bullets just kept firing. Bang, 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 bang. Then it subsided. I ran out of ammunition. I had no bullets left to fire, so I stopped. The sobbing continued, but the purpose changed. Now I was sobbing and saying to God, I can't take another step without you. I can't get through this day without you. I need you more than I have ever needed you. And I feel you less than I ever have. The contradiction was stark. One minute I was shouting at God and wondering where it was. And the next, I was telling him I could not get through the day without him. How does that make sense? I guess it doesn't to many people. Either you believe or you don't. Either you trust God or you don't. But I don't really see it that way. I both trust God and struggle with him. I believe in him and I wonder where he is. The two things sometimes exist side by side in my head and my heart. It was a struggle that I would continue for months and months and months. Eventually, I discovered a way through. I realized that I didn't have to understand God to trust Him. That helped me. It hasn't taken away my questions and it hasn't answered all my struggles. I've just realized that I can be honest about my questions. I don't have all the answers. I don't care whether people think that makes me a good Christian or a bad one. I'd rather be honest than false. I'm not going to pretend I understand God when I don't. I don't need to be perfect. I need to be authentic. It's only as I struggle that I grow. As a pastor, I find myself asking God, why have I had to bury so many people whose whole lives were snatched away from them when they had barely begun? I get confused about that. I feel helpless trying to support mums and dads and sons and daughters who are mourning. I don't have the answers, so I just weep with them. I walk with them and I love them. I'll gently point them to Scripture, help them say whatever they need to say to God, and suggest some of the biblical, spiritual, and partial things that will help them through this time. But I still do not always get God. <clears throat> More emotional reading that than I thought I would be. <laughs> um, and apologies, but I don't think there's any reason to apologize, actually. Uh, it's really good. Michael Duncan then goes on to talk about that and look at that and more in detail. But I thought his honest approach to the situations that he faces as a pastor, as a son there, um, that it was important to read that. Um, someone who in the Christian church has a lot to say, <laughs> but he still has his own doubts and has a lot of Difficulty and struggle. So it's okay to doubt. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I'm just going to say a few bits of um, Scripture, uh, and then it'd be great if anyone would like to share um, a testimony about trusting God in the difficult times. Uh, Jane has said she'd like to say something. Um, If anyone else, then it's just an open mic. There's no need to um, come up and say whether you'd like to share something. What I will say uh, about this time now, um, for us as Christians, it's important that we do go back to the Bible, important that we look to what Scripture has to say. And as Naomi was saying and Rob was praying, is that our Christian answer is that we know this is not the end, that we um, have a future eternity with God. And as we look at Scripture, um, Jesus gives us hope for now. Um, In the Sermon on the Mount, he talks a lot about um, those who are struggling, those who are having problems, uh, and calls them blessed. He says uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And it's those words that Neil put in an email to us this week. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And I know the testimony of many people who've lost loved ones, that they are comforted at this time by God's love. But Jesus also gives us a hope for the future. And I love these words that come right at the end of the Bible, giving us a picture, a glimpse of what it will be like. Uh, And it's in chapter 21 when it says, uh, in a picture, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Yes. Uh, It is something for us to look forward to at the end of time for us. The old order will pass away and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. It's important to go back to scripture. I'm just going to uh, pray and then anyone who would like to come up, share testimonies, that would be wonderful. Um, Lord God, we want to thank you that uh, in our belief there is times for us to struggle and you are at work in those times. Uh, Lord, I thank you that we can cry that prayer of that father for his son, help me in my unbelief, help me in my struggles. Lord, we call out to you uh, and ask for your help. We ask, Lord, for your help to be with all of those in the abandoned Church, for Kate and her family. And Lord, help us to look forward to that future that you have and you promise for us that you will wipe away every tear And there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your hope for the future, but also your promise to be with us now. Uh, In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Jane, would you like to come up?
1: It wasn't a case of I would like to. It was a case of I felt I meant to. So I've brought moral support. Um, My my son, as many know, lives in Australia. uh, And when him and his partner wanted to get married, they really wanted to be married in a church in England. Um, And the area of Kent that we lived in, everybody refused. All the local churches refused due to some technicality. So then we did a wider search and found a church in the middle of the marshes in Lyd, which is a very big, like a cathedral-type church. And the vicar there, his message was, if someone wants to get married in church, I will move heaven and earth to get them married in church, which he did. So we had a real connection with this church, despite it being an hour and a half drive from where we lived. Um, a little while later, our daughter had a real health scare, which absolutely panicked all of us. And Anne and I were so worried about it. I said, we need to go to the church in Lyd. We just need to go there for the service. Having got there, there was a big sign on the door saying, no service today. Anybody who wishes to can go to the Methodist church around the corner, which we didn't know any of it. So mm. we went around the corner and it was literally just a bit of a tatty wooden door compared to the big cathedral church we were used to going to so anyway we plucked our courage up and went in and uh, the message that day was come all you who are heavily burdened and i will give you rest and it was just as though god had meant us to be there that day and to hear his message of his word And we came out feeling so, so much better.
0: Thank you, Jane. Thank you. That's great. Guiding our paths, guiding our ways. Would Anyone else like to come up and share? Josie, yeah.
2: As um, most of you will know, um, I suffer from bipolar and um, have had over the years... um, different episodes, particularly the one last summer, and um, I had a big question um, that Paul was saying about unbelief and the big question why, um, but my life psalm is Psalm 139, and there's two things I take from that. Uh, when I'm very ill, I do lose my mind, and um, but I come round again and I get healthy again and I recover um, verse eighteen says when I awake, I am still with you, um, and also uh, earlier on in the psalm, it talks about the fact that God saw God saw me before I was born, um, and that all in verse sixteen, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be, um, which can be difficult when you go through difficult times and you think that God has allowed these things but his plan, as Naomi was saying earlier is is good all his plans are good um, and we just need to trust
0: Thank you, Josie That's great Anyone else like to come forward and share something? Thanks, Claire
3: um, on Wednesday, I went to my brother-in-law's uh, funeral. His name was Steve. He was a racing driver, and he died at the age of 66. He had pancreatic cancer. And we only had 12 weeks from the day he was diagnosed to the day he died. And um, the funeral was in Cambridge, and I took jazz with me, and it was a humanist service. And so there was no... God wasn't mentioned. There was no prayers. There was no songs. Um, there was no crosses. There was just nothing. Um, and they had I um, I can't remember what his name was. Oh, like someone, like a chaplain or Yeah. What yeah, but he made it very clear that he wasn't yeah. God-focused and he wasn't a Christian. And um, so that that was all very strange for me, being a Christian. And, um, do you know, it just made me incredibly sad that... All of Steve's friends, well, none of Steve's friends that I know of are Christians. His, his wife, my sister, certainly isn't a Christian. And for them, Wednesday was the end. That was it. Um, when the curtain went across, that that was it. And it made me want to stand up and tell these people about Jesus. And it made me want to, it just relit a fire in me that we have got to go out and spread the good news of Christ. We have got to go and tell people about Jesus. Because, as Paul read, we know there's a future. We know there's a hope. Those people didn't my sister definitely doesn't and her grieving and her mourning is all more difficult because she sees it as the end but we know it's not the end and um you know i just it's just really my passion in me that we need to spread the word of jesus and we need to get people saved so that when people do die we know they have a hope in a future
0: great i'll sign you up claire <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Would anyone else like to share something? Okay. <laughs> okay, go for it, um,
2: um While we were um, worshipping and things like that and people were talking, it just came to me that um Jesus uh mourned the death of a friend, even though he knew that minutes later he was going to raise him from the dead. Um it's okay to cry, it's okay to feel emotion and, and, and weep. Um Jesus felt those emotions too, and um he knew he knew what was gonna happen, and still he, he felt the emotion of humanity. Um, and we, we know, as Claire's just been saying, death isn't the
0: end. Thank you, Josie. Yes, I was reflecting on that uh, on Thursday, Friday. So thank you yeah, for sharing that. Okay, Rob. And Rachel, you want to share something as well? I
4: have a few questions. Who here has ever been healed by God? Hands up. Okay, look around you. Who here has ever had miraculous provision by God, whether that be financial, emotional? Yeah? Yeah, look around you. Yeah? There should be a queue of people, shouldn't there really? And it's our Britishness that gets in the way. There should be a queue of people here testifying about God's grace and God's love, and God's provision, yeah. This is a really sad time. I—I'll be honest with you. I don't, didn't really know Ed. I probably talked to him maybe twice in the 18 years I've been at the church, yeah. But I'm sad today. I'm sad for my friends. I'm sad for my the family of God, yeah. Yeah, uh, and and that's right. The Bible says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn." Yeah. Um, but the, the the song that was was played, "I will trust in You alone." If I'm honest with you, I have trust in lots of things. I have trust in my own intelligence, such as it is. Yeah, <laughs> I have trust in my bank balance. Yeah, if I'm ill, I have trust in the medicine that I take. But death, the great leveller, I have one thing and one thing only to trust in, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. And it goes back to what Clara said. I went to a humanist funeral for a cousin, and the celebrant really struggled to say anything and sort of went around. And I kept saying to him, just talk about Jesus. That's what you're trying to say. You're trying to say there is hope beyond. And And they just couldn't. But he, he I really felt for him, he really struggled. And that sets us apart from the rest of this town. Yeah. And all of the things that we trust in that you know, if we're honest with each other, you know, we do trust in on a daily basis. But death the great leveller, we only have Jesus and that's what we need to be prepared to say to people in their grief.
0: Thank you, Rob. I like the questions. That was good to encourage us. Um, Rachel, did you want to share something? Yes. Do you want to come up? Wonderful. Thank you. Yes. And then we'll say a prayer to finish. Well, <laughs> I, I just
5: want to comments um in in the psalms 139 it says for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's room i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in a secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body, all the days are for me. Now, um, this is so amazing. How God loves people, mm. even with a disability. Mm. And I'm just thanking him ever so much. Amen. And I really do sympathize with this lady there. I think she knows that I was born with a disability, and a Down syndrome baby that brings such a joy to all of us. Praise God. We are we are so special to him. Yes. Amen. And and I have lost my mum and my dad, and um, we're just praising them f- uh, for um, so many reasons. Amen. Yeah. Oh oh Amen. Thank you, wow. Rachel.
0: Rachel. Thank you for sharing with
5: um, us. And Ian is, is my, my brother-in-law. <laughs>
0: wonderful it's great that you are with us Rachel we love having you as part of our church um Kate yeah go for it yes yeah yeah that's fun
6: um I just um I work for an organization called Thrive and we partner with um the church in Abingdon and um just six weeks ago through the work that we do in South Abingdon um Two young boys from the estate um, gave their lives to Jesus, and about six weeks ago, Ed and our youth worker in South Abingdon baptised Mason and Marshall, Um, and I just wanted to share that. I was sitting there with a thumping heart thinking, actually, we don't understand, and I don't understand why Kate now doesn't have a husband and the children don't have a dad, but... God is doing amazing stuff in that community and we just shared that story with our supporter network this week um, of the story of these amazing, this amazing, yeah, testimony of these two boys who otherwise would never have come to hear about Jesus Um, and just on Tuesday evening they hosted a a dinner in the church for, um, for lots of people and the young people ran this and I guess it's just that tension between the huge celebration on Tuesday evening and then the events that sort have of followed, but that God has just used Ed and his ministry so so effectively, and there's just tangible outcomes, and I just wanted to share that.
0: Thanks, Paul. Brilliant. Thank you, Kate. That's, that's wonderful to hear. It's that, it's all that work that... <laughs> Ed had done so much work behind the scenes um, that no one knows about God saw, but also that wonderful testimony to him Persevering and bringing Thrive to Abingdon, and then people knowing about Jesus as a result of that. Wonderful. The youth are with us. Wonderful. Welcome to the youth. Um, please come in. Um, Naomi, do you want to say anything or pray? Oh, right. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm going to sort of interrupt the flow here just because I forgot to give a notice earlier, which is just to remind everyone there is no meeting here next week. Many of us will be at Supernatural Advance. Uh, um, camp with an awful name I mean it'll be a great <laughs> camp just an awful name um, <laughs> but yes so don't come here next Sunday we will be back the following Sunday if you want to come as a day to, to Supernatural Advance I think if you go to our website there's a link is there or uh, the
0: Supernatural Advance Supernatural Advance website there's a link <laughs> there you go <laughs> that, you yeah. Well.
1: yeah are you going to pray or, yeah. Yeah, yeah wonderful
0: thank you God for uh time together this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we can come together um, to uh, celebrate and to mourn as well. It's important that we do that, not just on our own, but as a a church, as a family. And Lord, we thank you for your presence with us, that you are always with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. And Lord, we thank you for the good things that you are doing and the good things that we've heard about. Uh, And Lord, help us to trust in you. Even though we doubt. In Jesus' name. Amen. Teas and coffees.